0: Her Business is Our Business. Gayatri and Aparna looking at women entrepreneurship beyond funding. Sharing expertise, experiences and tools to grow your business. Hi, I'm Gayatri. And I'm Aparna. Welcome to our show. Hello and welcome back to another
1: episode of Her Business is Our Business. Today we're talking about the six misconceptions of being an entrepreneur. Thanks to shows like Shark Tank and Indian success stories like Paytm, Swiggy and Flipkart, entrepreneurship has today become socially acceptable and even aspirational. Even a couple of decades ago, this was not true. If a person started their own business, it was because they couldn't do well enough at school to pass a competitive exam or to get a study job. Or they came from a serious business family. Now, we have all been inundated with the legendary stories of entrepreneurs who, on the basis of a great idea, passion and guts, started a small business with a couple of friends which then miraculously turned into money-spinning businesses overnight. This romantic telling of an entrepreneur's life is what has led to so many individuals to give up or dismiss the traditional 9-to-5 corporate role and take on the mantle of
0: entrepreneurship. But how many of these assumptions are true? We look at six such misconceptions that we have about the entrepreneurship world and inject some reality, especially given the context of women entrepreneurs in India. The first misconception is that the idea is everything. Of course, it's essential to have a great idea, something that can change or improve how people do things something that differentiates you from the others. If your idea is great, you're likely to invite interest from investors, which might give you a more profitable or sustainable foundation on which you can build your business. So it's a great place to start. But just having an idea is not enough. Unless the idea is supported by solid systems and processes, the right decision-making and choices, the business could end up failing. On the other hand, A mediocre idea, even a copycat that may not shake the world may end up being a good business proposition because it is supported by the right team and has the right adaptation at the right time.
1: As an example, Aparna, I was thinking something that I have noticed about the restaurant business in Bangalore. How given a limited menu of South Indian breakfast food, some restaurants prosper, the same idli everywhere and others fizzle out. Given the same business idea, the same location and customer base, what is that one is doing differently? Clearly, there is something beyond just a great idea. There is something that is needed to build your business. If you look at the list of successful business, you will find good old familiar products and services, bakeries, stationery, suppliers, plumbing equipment, clothes, shoes, bags, whatnot.
0: The second misconception is that as an entrepreneur i have the freedom to do what i want many people are drawn to entrepreneurship because of the freedom it potentially brings it's true as a boss you will be setting most of the rules you can abolish the nine to five working day dress casually and declare vacations as it suits you just don't forget that you are also responsible for making the business profitable that means being available and responding to banks, partners, customers, funders, and of course your own staff. Comparisons are often made between having to listen to your bosses in the corporate world and being the boss of your own company. The underlying assumption is that in a corporate job, you end up being ordered around and implementing the ideas of others, while in entrepreneurship, you can pretty much do what you want and execute the ideas that you are passionate about. That's not necessarily true. And it may be time for a reality check here. Even while running your own business, you will have to listen to your stakeholders. Meet timelines set by them. Work within the limitations that they have set for you. Also, corporates are no longer places where you get ordered around. There is a good deal of freedom available there as well, within a framework, of course. Another perspective.
1: A number of women entrepreneurs get into business because they feel they will be able to balance their home and work life better. Run the business from home while attending to their responsibilities there. Um, This is possible, but then the business venture would need to be small and contained. For example, a home-based business like baking, medical transcription, or some such. Uh, It would be for a limited clientele. Uh, We were listening to an interview on radio recently and an woman entrepreneur who runs a hotel business was being interviewed. She mentioned that the primary reason she got into business was to spend time with her kids and explore her passion for food. Fantastic. She also mentioned that rather than leaving work when she felt like it, the kids ended up spending all their time in the restaurant. That was how she managed to give time to her children and also her business. So how many of us would imagine this scenario when we think of home-life balance or balancing business with kids? Uh, That the family will be spending more time at the workplace? Would this work for everybody? Would it be practical for you and your business? Success will come fast or not at all is the other misconception. Patience isn't something that entrepreneurs, especially those starting up, seem to value. Again, because of the stories that we hear, We assume that a successful entrepreneur is one who comes up with an idea, executes it and immediately makes money. Serial entrepreneurship is seen as something really cool. Start a business, build it to a point, sell it for some big bucks and move on to the next new idea. There is nothing wrong with this. But we don't talk enough about those entrepreneurs who stick with an idea for years on end before they make money of it. The incubation period for different industries varies considerably. The runway to become profitable cannot always be predetermined. Look at the companies that we quote as examples of great entrepreneurship. How long did the founders work at it before they made the big bucks? Facebook. Apparently, it took four to five years. On the other hand, it is reported that ID Fresh Foods, a local brand, turned a profit from day one.
0: The next misconception? Culture equals jeans, free snacks, and a foosball table. The minute we think of a startup, we think of an office in the technology space, bright workplaces, and a casual dress code. When Infosys opened up its campus in Bangalore, I remember the buzz about free food in the canteen and the multitude of food options that were available. Mm -hmm. They even had a grocery store on campus. We thought it was so trendy that a workplace provides all these facilities. It was only after a couple of years that we realized that the company had provided all this because of the nature of work that they were doing. Because employees needed to stay at work for odd hours and maintain long working hours. And the campus was far away from the city. As a founder, I need to first ask myself, what do I want to achieve in terms of my business? what will that require from my team and then think of the kind of culture I would like to have in my workplace. So you might end up needing your team to come into work every day from 9 to 5 for the first couple of years. If that's a business requirement, then that's okay. There will also be different roles and functions in your organization. Not all of them will need to work the same hours or even have the same culture. So this vision of a cool workplace may not materialize.
1: Next, I want to talk about this word called disruption. Disruption is seen as a virtue in the startup world. Of course, disruption is a necessary step on the way to innovation. But you can't disrupt away everything. Like relationships, basic human rights, compliance to legislation, to name a few. Getting people on board, working with stakeholders, and so on, requires you to adhere to structures and play by the rules. While disruption may be a virtue that forms the core of your business, it doesn't mean that disruption is the only way to run your business. Like in culture, ask this question, where and how does disruption support my business objective? Example, in industries where contractors were not used, does it make sense to include contractors or make contractors the core of your business? Garment industry. Yeah. It does make sense because you can distribute the work across contractors. But in a high security business like finance or jewelry, it may not work. Sometimes local laws may not allow for contractors to be employed. In these scenarios, using contractors, though disruptive, would not be a smart way forward.
0: The last misconception we are addressing here is that startups means funding. As coaches, we are most often requested to help startups become funding ready. From a purely business point of view, not all startups need external funding. Enough success stories exist to show that bootstrapped and then self-funded organizations are out there. Zeroda is an online stockbroking company. Nitin Kamath, the founder, has shared that they decided they did not want external dependencies because they could then go with their gut. Apparently, he just worked at the software and onboarded clients initially simply by word of mouth. And this worked. Zeroda is now the world's largest retail brokerage firm, according to the founder.
1: Another example is Zoho, a CRM and enterprise software company. For 24 years, Sridhar Vembu has built this company. Based on his experience, he says that it is important to raise capital to build a business However, it creates an illusion of immediate success and thereby an unsustainable ecosystem. He says, finance is like a drug and its addiction destroys
0: the patient. We hope that this episode has given you food for thought on what entrepreneurship really means. We wish that every entrepreneur out there thinks through each of these points and consciously makes a choice for herself and her business. Bye for now. Her Business is Our Business. Gayatri and Aparna bringing you the woman entrepreneur expertise, toolkits, and stories of success beyond funding. Send in your questions and comments to listener at herbusiness.in. We'd love to hear from you.